This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 97. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Sophia DeRoja. Sophia is a young WordPresser who's interested in multiple aspects of life. She's a taskmaster and the chief lover of dinosaurs. Hi, Sophia. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Tara. Hi, Sophia. How are you? Thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Yeah. Um, I am homeschooled. Um, spent my whole life being homeschooled. I've also spent my whole life growing up in the WordPress community. Um, which has been a really interesting childhood, but pretty fun. <laughs> um, there isn't a whole lot to tell. I mean, I'm a lot like any other normal kid. So tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess, for those who might not recognize your last name, why you've grown up in the WordPress community, what's brought you to that? So my dad got into building websites back before it was really a thing. Um, and then throughout the years... Um, got into WordPress and then I think after my parents were married um, and then made multiple friends, sucked my mom to do it. Um, and so then ever since I was super little, um, either my dad has worked in WordPress or we've just been involved in that community um, for as long as I can remember. And what does it mean to be involved in the community? You're going to word camps and meetups and that type of thing? Um, my dad... When I was really little, my dad would go to some word camps, not as many, like when I was little, but the older I got, usually the more that um, he would go. Um, And especially, I think when I was in like seventh grade, my parents started to travel more and go to more word camps. Um, And you would go with them? It depends. Normally we would stay home, um, especially like the older we got. Like now we hardly ever go with them to word camps. Yeah. Um, the meetup for Grand Rapids, um, we've always been in, pretty involved in. I know Brian Richards was, I, I'm pretty sure he was in charge of it a couple, like a couple years ago. Um, and then once they started to have little kids or like more little kids, um, then my parents started to um, kind of take it over. So we've been pretty involved in that over the last couple of years. Hmm. How many WordPress t-shirts do you have? <laughs> I don't actually have that many. Really? I started, I got a ton in seventh grade when I thought they were cool. Yeah. And then realized that like, I don't want to have a ton of oversized t-shirts that I don't know what they're about. So I like got rid of all of them. <laughs> so because your parents are so involved in WordPress and we mentioned at the beginning that you consider yourself to be a word presser. So there must be something about it that attracted you to it. I think we've spoken to other people on this show who have children. I have children as well. Liam does too. My children want pretty much nothing to do with WordPress. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your decision to learn to use it and what you do with it. So I got a blog when I was 10 because my parents made me. <laughs> And I never wrote anything on it because like, what does a 10 year old write on a blog, you know? (laughs) Um, But then, you know, like just, I, I, I'm a writer at heart. My whole family is. Um, So the older I got, the more that I realized how much I love writing. And I usually, I, that's what I 
primarily use WordPress for is like an outlet for my writing. Um, and then, you know, just growing up, like that was the thing my dad did. Like that was, that was the coolest thing ever. Um, so I don't know. It just felt cool to get sucked into that, be involved in it. Okay. So you are, you're the child that many parents want to have who thinks that things that their parents <laughs> do is cool. Yeah. That must make your dad feel very good. That's- I don't know. <laughs> that's nice what kind of things do you write about on your blog I write about all the crap in life um so just things that I learned here and there um just a lot of a lot of my failures and the things that I learned through those so that other people can feel so other people have the opportunity to learn from my mistakes and gain the wisdom that I did to help them, like help guide them through their circumstances. Who are you writing for? You're writing for your peers, people your age? You know, it's not for just people my age. Um, part of being in the WordPress community is I'm really comfortable with talking to adults. Um, I'm really comfortable talking to anyone in any age. So I'd like to think that my writing can help someone like an adult. Um, it isn't really geared toward a specific audience. Like I, I like to think all the things that I learned, anyone can learn. So when you when you write and you publish your posts about your mistakes and your trials and your tribulations and your challenges and that which you've learned, do you just write it and hit publish and leave it? Do you then send links to people who might be interested? Do you tweet? Do you are you on social media? Do you tweet about it? How how far are you putting it out there? Because it's you know, in my own experience, it's one thing to have a blog for me and nobody visits my blog, so I can pretty much write whatever I want <laughs> yeah. and nobody reads it. Um but I wonder how far in in the sense of giving back, how 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 far are you pushing it out there as a as a vehicle? Because that takes bravery, and that's I guess where I'm going. Yeah. I haven't pushed super hard, not because I'm like afraid to, just because I don't know how necessarily. Like I'm I'm learning how um to I can't think of the right word for that, but um just get everything out there um and gain a social media presence. And I'm trying to decide how much I want to get out there, you know, um, I've gotten like, I've like, my blog has always been totally empty. Like I never got any feedback from anyone. And then I think I got two comments and it totally scared me because somebody else that I didn't know was talking to me. So I was trying to figure out what I was going to do in those situations. And if that was something I wanted to keep doing, because I like the idea of having a community but I don't know, like, I don't know how to stay safe necessarily, like, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that totally does. It totally does. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's one thing to push it out there, and, and it's quite another than you realize people actually read it, uh, and then they engage in it. And um, if they do so in a safe way, that's wonderful, but sometimes it can be a little scary. Um, you know, I, I wanted to share with you, I, I think I shared this with you uh, before the show, but somebody saw you present at a WordCamp and we're very impressed by you. And that's why we reached out and asked you uh, if you wanted to be on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about your WordCamp talk and what was it about and how did that come about? And did you just say, I want to do that? Or maybe there was some gentle pushing and support from, from the parents. What was, what was that whole process like for you, Sophia? So there was no pushing at all. Um, like my parents encouraged it, but they didn't make me do it at all. Sure, um, sure. I, 
a couple of years ago, I saw a need at, um, at my church for, it wasn't exactly a need, but it would have been helpful to have a place that was safe for like, you know, for a ton of like all the youth group kids to be able to talk to each other because we had an age range, an age range from 11 to like 18. Um, so I decided to use BuddyPress and make a social media site for everyone um, that was completely safe and secure, but we would all be able to talk to each other. And there were leaders and potentially parents who could be on the site. Um, and so my buddy press talk, or it, yeah, that's what it was. It was a buddy press talk. Um, and it was just, it was very basic because I, like, I had never spoken before. So it just um, gave a, like a layout of the widgets that I used and how I made it and the people that I got help from. And I just, I just chose to do it because it sounded fun. Um, my parents, it was when my mom was um, organizing WordCamp Grand Rapids. So I said, hey, you know, I can do that. Because um, actually, I love to speak and write presentations and everything. So it was fun. That's impressive. That's not, not a lot of people are really comfortable doing that. <laughs> no. So it sounds like you do more than write. If you're, you, do you enjoy the, the technology aspects of WordPress? You were talking about widgets and BuddyPress. BuddyPress is not exactly an easy thing to work with. It is not. No. <laughs> um, I am not really a technical person. I can be, but I don't enjoy it a ton. So I don't necessarily like, like I wouldn't dive into it. Um, but I could be if I tried to. And how about the design aspects of it? I think you're artistic. So do you fiddle with design in WordPress? Any? Do you know any CSS code or anything like that? Not really. I tried to do some CSS when um, I was creating the BuddyPress site. And without my dad's help, I could not figure it out. Um, so it was, I think I would enjoy it more if I tried but it like it's just it's just not my thing, you know. Like it's not I'm not like oh my gosh CSS I love CSS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're not interested in something, it's hard to dive deep into it. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did how did the site turn out? Did your did your youth group use it a lot? Did everybody engage with it? Did was it fun? What happened? So nobody used it. <laughs> it was one of those yeah. situations where it's a great idea and it totally fits a need, but. It's like, like people are sheep. People aren't going to start using something unless they're like, like, unless you make them use it, you know? Um, and mm -hmm. so just it, nobody used it and it just died. And it was way too much for me to try to handle trying to up, like keep it up to date and everything. Um, so, but I did yeah. learn a lot about project management and trying to get people who like, who aren't being paid to do a certain job. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun yeah. don't do it ever <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah volunteering to to organize something and be in charge you end up doing the, a lot of the work yourself oh yeah definitely true especially with teenagers mm, I can imagine I would bet that they probably uh, prefer a Facebook group over a custom buddy press yeah. site to interact with each other yeah so tell us a little bit about this dinosaur thing I just love dinosaurs like, my sister and I growing up, she always loved dragons, and so that was, like, a huge part of, like, just our childhood. So we'd go to the lake and be terrified because there was a Loch Ness Monster in this teeny tiny lake. Um, yeah, no, no, I just like dinosaurs. They're just cute and fun. Do you have a favorite one? I do, but I don't remember what it's called. It's the 
the basic long-necked dinosaur that eats plants and has a super long tail. I can't think of what it's called. Brontosaurus? Probably. Or maybe it's Brachiosaurus. I'll tell you the least favorite one I have is, you know, that one that's like as long as a blue Every letter whale, in the alphabet. Mean, and it's an alligator. It's basically like a ma- megalodon. Megalodon. Yes. Yeah, that scares me. Sophia, what does success mean to you? How would you define it? I would define success as um, discovering and utilizing your gifts as well as possible. Um and in the best way that you can. Is there, do you have a, a way of identifying your gifts? Do you um, think that they change over time? Or you- I don't think that they change. I think, you know, each person is built with a certain skill set. And like, no matter what they're doing, they have the ability to use those skills um, in any situation. Um, You said, how do I, how would you define your skill set? Your gifts. How do you identify? You you said success is, is utilizing your gifts. So do you know what your gifts are or is that something that you're still trying to figure out? Um, I guess it depends on how you define gifts. Um, I'm a Christian, so I tend to focus on like spiritual, like I, when I think of gifts, I think of spiritual gifts or things that like you're good at. Um, so mine is wisdom. Um, I tend to think deeply, I guess. I tend to consider every option and try to pick the best one. Like, I, I don't think lazily about something. Um, but, like, I guess to figure out what gift you would have is to just think about the things that you do. And when you're in a situation, what would you lean towards? Like, if you have to pick, like, a pen, a pencil, or an eraser, which one would you pick? You know, one's permanent, one can be erased, and one doesn't leave any marks. Mm, I like that. Very introspective. Thank you. So your your wisdom, you think, is your gift. So making the most of your wisdom is success. How how do you, um, I guess, how do you implement that? Um, I just use it in any situation that I can. I use it through my writing. I use it when I talk to people. I use it in my decision making, which is very valuable and really, really annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, just in any, just in any stage of life that I'm in, I try to just kind of like think, think naturally, think what, not overthink it, but try to make the best decisions that I can. I like that. What role has homeschooling played in your, I guess, your trajectory to where you are as a young person, um, maturing, becoming an adult? Um, I like to think that it's helped me become quite the adult. Um, ever since, like, I'm a social person, which helps with that. But ever since I was little, I could talk to adults. So I'm not afraid to talk to adults. I'm not afraid to answer questions. I'm not afraid. I mean, I hate talking on the phone, but that's a whole nother thing. (laughs) Um, homeschooling is just, it helps, it's helped me be really independent. That's one of the main reasons my mom wanted me to be homeschooled. Um, a lot of homeschoolers that are Christians, you think, oh, well, they're homeschooled because they don't want to be, well, the other kids, you know, like the sinners, um, (laughs) don't quote me on that, (laughs) but my mom wanted to keep us homeschooled so that, um, we wouldn't be pressured by other people so that we, we would be, 
ourselves, you know? Um, and it gave us the freedom to be ourselves and to develop who we are and what we like to do without feeling pressure or judgment from other people. Hmm. What has been the hardest thing about, well, let's do two things. What's tell, tell us the hardest thing about being homeschooled and the best thing about being homeschooled. The hardest thing about being homeschooled for me is the unknown. Um, I like having a plan and I like when, you know, when you go to public school, it's laid out, you take four years of classes and then you take the SAT and then you go to college. Um, but with homeschooling, it's completely flexible. So some homeschoolers, like my sister and I both, um, we took a year or so, or I'm, I'm going to take a year and she took a year um, to finish up some school. Um, and I think the best thing about being homeschooling is that you can play to your strengths. I'm not good at math in any way, shape, or form. So a lot of the math, like a lot of the times my mom would be able to look at it. Even if I got every single question wrong, my mom would be able to say, okay, so you understand this. You just have a problem with um, with the little things. So like I wouldn't add something right. I wouldn't multiply something right. But I would know the core of what the problem was. So she would like, I she would let me pass. Um, so I didn't have to be perfect at something. I just had to know what it was, how to look up, how to do it, if I needed how to do it in the future. Um, and it's my favorite thing in the world that I don't have to be perfect in every situation. Like when you go to public school, a lot of like you'll get judged for not having good grades or, um, or you'll be expected to be really, really good at this thing that you're just not made to do. Mm -hmm. Um, have your parents, uh, I know that um, your dad has worked for himself and, you know, as a contractor, having his own business and worked for others. Have they instilled in you any sense of independence, entrepreneurial ventures type of thing? What do you, what would be the ideal employment situation for you when you grow up, let's say? <laughs> um, you know, it's given me the realization that there are options. Um, there was a while when I wanted to be a freelance photographer. There was a while when I considered making buddy pro sites for people. Um, at the moment, I want to be a teacher because of how much I've learned from being homeschooled and how screwed up the uh, school system is. I want to like be there for the kids who can't understand something the way that I couldn't necessarily. Um, but I like that I know that there are options. If I, if I, part of the reason my mom wanted us to learn WordPress was so that when we were grown up and if we couldn't get a job, then we would be like, okay, so we can learn how to do this thing in WordPress and then make money off of it without having to leave our house. So it gave us the, the freedom and independence that we wanted. Sounds like freedom and independence is, is pretty important to you. Right? Uh number of times you've mentioned if not those exact words kind of that theme yeah it's kind of always been a part of our life I mean my dad's always worked at home and we've always been homeschooled and my mom didn't start working until a couple of years ago so if we wanted to just get up and go we could um so part of it was just getting like being used to that lifestyle yeah I could I could definitely see liking that um yeah I've worked for myself for a long time 
but um, my wife does not. She has a she has a career as an academic, and it's only so far you can go from the school building and get there every day before they before it gets a little tricky. It gets a little tricky. Sophia, you had you had mentioned uh, when we were just chatting before we we hit the record button out here on our virtual little hallway that you're you're pretty artistic and uh, you you shared with us that you like to write. But what other what are sort of uh, ways do you express yourself artistically? Um, through photography, definitely. Um, I'm not super into it. I was when I was little. Um, but now I just kind of focus on like phone photography. I kind of want to sell stock photos at some point, but I've been so busy. I haven't gotten the opportunity to look into that. Um, I love writing haikus. They're so much fun. I know a lot of people hate them, but they're so really people hate haikus. Well, hate writing them. (laughs) Well, maybe, but everybody likes to read them, right? It's true. They're fantastic. Can you crack out a a haiku as we speak? (laughs) On command, haiku on command. And I never remember. Is it five seven five or seven five? Five seven five. All right, five seventy five. I won't put you through that, Sophia. That's hard to do. What do you write haikus about? Everything? Something in particular? A focus? Dinosaurs? <laughs> I, you know, I'm a really emotional person. So my writing, my art, it's all usually a strain of whatever I'm feeling at that moment. So if I'm super depressed. I'll just throw whatever I'm feeling on a piece of paper. Um, If I feel really attached to a certain person, I'll write a haiku about them or like just, yeah, whatever I'm feeling um, is just the root of my art, which is interesting because that means that music and sounds and feelings can also affect what, like what comes out of the art or, you know, like what the end product is. <laughs> and where do you record your art, your writing? Do you journal? Do you, do they ever make it up on your blog? Do you kind of put it down on paper and it sits on your desk or in your room for a while and then eventually go just, you know, life happens and it gets thrown away or something? What's your medium? How do you, how do you record? Um, primarily through my blog. I write twice a week or I, I publish twice a week. Um, most of my art, I try to keep off social media only because when I was when I was little, like I was the youngest of my sister and two cousins. We basically grew up together, um, and so every like all of us are artistic, and so I always thought that I wasn't, or that I wasn't as good as them because I was like two years younger than two of them and five years younger than one of them. So I had a head start, but also I would look. Um, I would look at other people's art and think, well, it needs to look like that. It's not good unless it looks like that. Um, So just by keeping it off social media, I've learned. (laughs) It helps me not compare um, my art. It helped me see that my art is, like, art is such, like, it's dependent on what people think and what people feel. Um, Which is why some people are going to like my art and some people won't. That doesn't make me a bad artist. That just means it that it means something different to other people. Yeah, art is very subjective. Very, very subjective. I'd agree with you there. 
has uh, being homeschooled allowed you, do you think, to pursue more in different art than you would have if you had gone to school, traditional school? I don't know. I didn't start drawing. Like, I didn't really fall in love with drawing until um, two years ago. Um, and so I wonder if I had been in a public school, like if I would have found that sooner um, and had more opportunities for art classes and references and just experience in general. Um, but being homeschooled has given me the freedom to teach myself, which I like. Um, part of like one of the best ways that I learn is just through trial and error um, and just just learning by myself and figuring things out by myself. Figuring out by yourself is uh, not a bad skill set to have. No. But I wonder if I can ask you our question about advice, where maybe you figure something out not by yourself. And I uh, appreciate your, your, you're still young by, by my measure and by Tara's measure. Um, <laughs> but what's, what's the best advice that someone's ever given you, shared with you, and that you've successfully worked into your life in some way? Um. There Are No Mistakes, Only Happy Little Accidents by Bob Ross. That has changed my entire life. Um, it's taught me that it takes the pressure off. Um, a lot of the times you think, like, I, I'm a musician too, so I'll, I'll be singing in church or trying to record something or something and think it needs to be perfect. And I actually, I kind of worked through this yesterday. Um, but you think that it needs to be perfect and... It doesn't. No one actually expects you to be perfect. It's really more that you're, you, yourself um, who tells you that it needs to be this perfect thing and nothing can go wrong. But people are people. People make mistakes. Um, so if, you, if I miss a chord while I'm playing guitar or if I miss a note or something, that's fine. That's how it was supposed to go. That's just, that's just how it happened this time. Like that's not, that doesn't make it bad. That doesn't make me a worse musician. That's just how it went this time. Yeah. That's a very healthy perspective that, that allows us not to beat ourselves up and still leave room for improvement without, without painting us in a corner of unhappiness or failure or dejection. Yeah. And a lot of the times our mistakes turn into something a lot better. Like a lot of the times I'll be painting something and totally screw something up and then realize that it like just roll with it because it's too late to go back now. <laughs> so it was just a little bush and it just needed a little bit of more color here, right? right. Going back. <laughs> so you learned that from 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 Bob Ross. That's the the artist, right? Yes. And were you was that like in a quote book or were you watching the TV show on some kind of rerun? How, how did you stumble upon that? I don't remember. There was, I, my parents told me about him at one point. Um, and then I actually went to a church retreat at Lake Ann camp. Um, and they had painting with Ben Ross. He was just one of the counselors at the camp and he just, he just taught us how to paint and it was so much fun. And that kind of what kickstarted me into Bob Ross. Um, I just wanted to like, were they related or is that just happened to be that guy's name? No, his name, name was Ben. And so they just gave him a, a blonde, like curly wig and he was Ben Ross. From there. <laughs> it was hilarious. When you paint, what do you like to paint? Are you a landscape person? Are you a abstract artist? Are you doing uh, stills? Are you painting the apple bowl on the kitchen table? What do you, what do you, what inspires you? 
I paint everything. Um, I paint what's in my head. So sometimes it's landscapes. Sometimes it's a person looking at something. I've noticed a lot of my art is, I don't know if it's just because I can't draw faces or what, but a lot of my landscape is people um, looking at something. Um, and I think, I like to think that it's people, like somebody searching for something um, a lot of the times or like walking towards something and leading towards something. Do you ever go to do art somewhere? So do you take your paint set to the lake or do you take your paint set to the to the town square or something like that? I do like, not. You're deliberately putting yourself out there. I will occasionally, like, like if I go to my grandparents' house or something, I'll take it with me and go in the woods sometimes and, like, we'll draw. I, don't, I haven't taken my paint anywhere, but I'll draw. Um, I'm still, I haven't actually tried a, a ton of different things. I'm still getting used to it a little bit. I'd like to see your art. And that brings us to um, wrapping up our chat with you today, Sophia. Can you tell us where people can find you or your art? Um, I am on Twitter at Aaron Go Blog. Um, and then my art and my writing are at my website, um, AaronGoBlog.org. Tell us a little bit about that name. Because um, your name's not Aaron. It is not. I... When my cousin, my sister, and I were little, we would make games, and so we'd always have like like these made up names for each other. Um, and one I made up before we like you know grew up and got out of it was Aaron. Like that was the most recent one. So that was always my like just my name for everything. I still use it. Um, and so that was going to be my pen name when I was ten. Um, and my mom suggested the name Aaron Go Blog because it's similar to Aaron Go Bra. Yeah, which is I don't exactly remember what it means. It's like a chant or something. Or it's not a chant. It's like you know, like a like I can't even think of what it's called, but like an encouraging phrase that they would use. Do you have a couple of Irish people here, Liam? I think you've got a Tara. I'll leave it to you. No, you go for it. If I remember correctly, it's uh, Ireland forever. I think that's correct. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You should yeah. know that. Yeah, I punted to you in case I said, in case I Yeah, in case. <laughs> you set me up. You set me up. I set us up as being these Irish experts, and then I completely <laughs> failed on the <laughs> Well, on that pleasure. entertaining note, <laughs> Sophia, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been great. Getting to yeah, know thank you, you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you soon, I hope. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.